0: Hello, and we are the Makes of History. We meet Foz and Ross. hello, Ross. Hello. What do you know then, bruv?
1: Uh, not much. Done an impressive amount of day drinking over the weekend. Very while good. Attempting to take care of children. Yeah. that
0: be That sounds responsible. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've been alright, bruv. As you full well know, I've been sick with the vid. I've had COVID, so sorry guys that we missed the uh, the last recording, but we'll make it up. We'll make it up. This one will be brilliant. Uh, no, it's alright,
1: afterwards there will be punishment beatings for Foz, so he doesn't do it again.
0: So what you drinking then, Captain?
1: Uh, I've got an update on the Pernstein saga from last time. So it turns out the brewery has not been shut down, but worse, it's been shipped up and moved to Ostrava. Which is on the other side of the country, so it's a bit like, if you imagine you had like a West Country cider or something, and then your local cider brewing place just up sticks and moved to like Northumberland. Oh, okay. That's essentially what's happened. Oh, bugger. Yeah. So Wait,
0: what are you what drinking have you then, got? what you got now?
1: Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of Pernstein, uh, 11 degrees.
0: Very good. find it weird that they do things in degrees in the Czech Republic.
1: Yeah, but now I'm used to thinking it that way. I have to like think to translate it into percentage.
0: Is that all of Europe that does that?
1: Mm, I don't think they do. No, they don't do it in Denmark. Uh, anywhere else, I have no idea.
0: Okay. Too drunk to realise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but no, I don't think it's normal.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'm you on got... the. Uh, I'm on the magic juice. Also known as Dragon Soup. Which I've, uh, I've actually Googled it because I thought um, now I'm going to talk about it because I'm drinking it. But I couldn't find. I don't think it's actually sold anywhere else in the world. I think it's purely a UK thing. And for anybody <laughs> who doesn't know what Dragon Soup is, it's rocket fuel pop in a can. So it looks very much like a can of Monster. But it's 7.5% alcohol. And it just tastes like pop, which is great. And it's also an energy drink that's full of caffeine, taurine, and grana, whatever that is. Caffeinated alcohol beverage. Caffeinated alcohol beverage. Oh, it just says the same thing. That's times. like
1: all of the ingredients for a heart attack, which is amazing. Yeah, man.
0: It uh, You drink one of them, and it's the equivalent of drinking two pints of beer. Yeah. So, like I, uh, I've had,
1: like, Carlsberg Elephant before, which is, like, 7 8%. Oh, that sounds horrible. It... And it tastes exactly like a Carlsberg at a seven, eight <laughs> percent.
0: Carlsberg good. tastes horrible as well. Yeah, it's the, my least favorite beer out of all <laughs> the beers you can buy. At Carlsberg.
1: I still stand by. Export isn't bad.
0: Yeah, export's not. Carlsberg export's not too bad. But this dragon soup. So this one's a uh, blueberry and guava flavor. And it smells like it smells like armpits.
1: Nice. That's the sort of thing I want to put in my mouth.
0: Yeah, it tastes good though, it tastes good man. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, what are we are going to talk about today then, bruv.
1: Alright, so what we'll do this time, we'll start looking at some more of the societies. So last time we talked about Mitanni, and today we're going to talk about Egypt and the Hittites.
0: Nice.
1: So, you know, the big famous ones. So I think we'll start with Egypt. Yeah. So, Egypt, obviously, very, very ancient society, very ancient civilization. Even at this time, it was already, an Egyptian civilization was ancient. Now, the Egyptian Old Kingdom, this is the one that built the pyramids and the sphinx. So, this was in, like, the 2000s-something BC. That came to an end um, in the 18th century BC. And the reason it ended is there was an invasion of people called the Hyksos, which is, I think, a translation of the word for shepherd, uh, who came down from what's now like Palestine, Israel, Jordan, etc. Possibly those guys had been driven out by the arrival of um, uh, the people we were talking about last week, the Mitanni. So was like a
0: migration of people from being battered by war, and then they've basically replicated it and gone down and battered the Egyptians.
1: Exactly, quite a lot like if you think of like a late Roman Empire where groups start battering into each other and pushing it up against the frontiers, same sort of logic. Um, and The Higgsos had two big advantages over the Egyptians, they had chariots and they had composite bows, they could shoot much further than like the standard bow the Egyptians had.
0: I've watched lots of Hollywood documentaries about the Egyptians and they all ride around in chariots all the time.
1: Because that's New Kingdom Egypt, but the oh, Old okay. Kingdom they didn't have any was Um, it
0: not invented then we talked about this didn't we so it would probably yeah Yeah, okay so okay
1: so like the technology appeared and then it spread out from like the western parts of um from the latana yeah yeah okay i mean i think the chariot appeared before that but you're getting into very distant history then it's like really kind of ropey
0: cool A.K.A. Shitbox on wheels, <laughs> <laughs> as we discussed before.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, if you've been following us on the Twitter, we I did find that at least one chariot survived intact, so you can find it on the Twitter. Yeah,
0: hashtag, I saw that. That nice plug. The Makers of History. Hashtag shitbox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, anyway, so the Hyksos were able to conquer Egypt, and the country, like, fragmented into a few different states under their rule. Eventually, after a few centuries, the Egyptians kind of figured out actually you can copy said chariot and composite bow, and they were able to overthrow the Hyksos. Um, and the, the country kind of reassembled itself, and this is then we get into what's called the Egyptian New Kingdom. And this is really like the height of Egypt's power, like as big and as rich and glorious and everything else that it gets like you think of all like egyptian monuments and stuff you got holidays apart from the pyramids and the sphinx everything else you see comes from the new kingdom like uh the temple at abu simbel the stuff at luxor and karnak the the tombs in the valley of the kings all of this is from the new kingdom period
0: strange Um, how the so you had the old kingdom new mm -hmm. kingdom and then what's the other time period called as well uh, so The three isn't there for the Egyptians.
1: Yeah, there's uh, intermediate periods in between them, and there's. Yep, can't remember. Oh, I think okay. That comes after. Ah, so Google Do your own research. What do you think this is? Where you learn stuff. Um. So we talked way back in the first episode about the idea of like territoriality, the idea that you're not just the city but the land around it. Like we own that, uh, even if you don't permanently live there. Egypt already had this concept, but under the New Kingdom, England, uh, Egypt becomes an empire. So we're talking about like centralised rule of foreign peoples, a concept of we are Egypt and we have conquered these people. And it becomes huge. The biggest Egypt's ever going to be is under the New Kingdom.
0: Middle Kingdom.
1: Uh, kind of makes, makes century, sense. Yeah, <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> it sort of makes
0: sense. It's when the, I totally didn't just remember it. I totally didn't just Google it on my phone <laughs> either.
1: Smooth that. Mm. Um, and yeah, so this is also like where most of your really famous pharaohs come in. And in fact, this is even when they first call them pharaohs. Before that, like normally the text the term used is king, um, but they start using this term Pharaoh, and what it means is literally great house. Uh, where this comes from most likely is, it's a shortening of a term referring to the palace. So initially you start talking about the palace doing things and it becomes, the term starts to mean the person, a bit like you say the White House to mean the US president.
0: I suppose that's like a similar thing to what you said before where in previous episodes this is how it was very much about the palace ruling all mm-hmm. over all this land rather than mm-hmm. it being like you said, like Egypt owns all this, it was the palace owns all this. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of plays into that I suppose, doesn't it, by like, calling yeah. like a great house. So or... It's
1: like a personification of that palace system. Um and we talked about the uh we talked last time about how they have multiple wives per pharaoh so you have kind of one which is like the chief wife that's the queen that's the great royal wife is the term they used but they also had all these other wives that are for the purposes of alliances and also just it's good to be the king and like have your harem on the go
0: i might try this out with my wife i'll see what (laughs) she thinks i'll say Love, I just did a podcast about Egyptians and apparently it's really cool to have loads of wives, I'd feel about that. <laughs> don't really work in like Western society though, does it?
1: You can bring it back. <laughs> but I think one of the kind of the unique things about the Egyptians here is the practice of family marriage.
0: My favourite kind of marriage.
1: <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't think you see this anywhere else, so I was... I didn't really get what makes this happen in Egypt. So I know you were doing some reading about this.
0: Uh, so for clarity, there's a bunch of stuff claiming this is nonsense. And there's a bunch of stuff claiming it's a hundred percent fact. So more wiggling around on the internet has discovered, uh, one hard fact. And that's about King Tut, AKA Tutankhamun. Mm. Uh, some German scientists this was fairly recently as well I think uh, what was it 2011 or 2013 didn't write down anywhere but about that time period they did um, a bunch of like genetic DNA samples from 11 mummies that are dated from the 18th dynasty which um, is Tutankhamun Hawass Zanik these are a bunch of names I don't know if they're important people but that's a bunch of people from the same period. So they were scanned for DNA, um, bone tissues, all things like that. And they found out without a doubt the child, as in King Tut, mm-hmm. um, was a hundred percent first degree brother sister relationship parenthood, hundred percent. So his parents were definitely brother and sister.
1: That's quite grim.
0: Yeah. Pretty <laughs> cool, ain't it? <laughs> um he had a lot of health issues as well which yeah. um, there's there's some things that say like oh he just had these health issues but that sort of would explain these health issues because he had like a club mm-hmm. foot um, like they scanned his feet and he's got this like one of his feet uh, is like completely like out of proportion um, and they also found in his burial chamber loads of cones mm-hmm. like got really like, ornate walking like walking sticks yeah which huh. sort of backs up the idea with this club foot, and it would make perfect sense if it came from the whole reason that his mum and dad were brother and sister. Mother so, story? yeah, there sister. we go. Um, <laughs> he's also depicted as being having like a really feminine physique as well, and early, the, I, I think at one point the accepted consensus was that he suffered from, you know. I don't know what the proper name for it is, but you know, like when people, men get man boobs, like yeah. that's that's the, that's going to, going to something. It's like called. the
1: guy in Fight Club. Yeah, yeah,
0: like not not obviously when you're fat, you know. When I've put, you know, when I've got a few extra stone carrying around, I do get the, <laughs> a bit of man boobage, like. But there's a medical condition where you can grow. It can happen if you take steroids. Right. Uh, for muscle growth, you can get these like fatty growths on your chest, which look like boobs. And he's always there's a lot of art that depicts him looking mm-hmm. like this. And there's a few people that are saying, "Wow, well, maybe this is something that happens from the inbreeding." Um, there's so that's a hundred percent that that, mm-hmm. defi- that definitely happened. Um, I don't think historically it's quite hard to find like. Even if you just Google, like, what Egyptians married the brothers or what Egyptians <laughs> married the sisters. There's not a massive amount of hard ev- evidence out there. Apart from um, Cleopatra's lot. The, yeah. How do you say it, brother? I... Ptolemies. Ptolemies, that's it. It's, it's about PT, though. So the Ptolemy dynasty, which is the last dynasty yep. of the Egyptian empire. And almost every single pharaoh from that dynasty <laughs> was married to either a brother or a sister. Nice. Almost every one of them was.
1: <laughs> what are you doing, <laughs> <Step Ptolemy>? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh But equally, there's the argument that they're not actually Egyptians. Yeah. They're Greek descent, aren't they? There's whole families from Greek yeah. descent. So I found quite a few articles and things online saying, like, oh, don't blame the Egyptians for the Greek uh, kink of incest and stuff like that, because there's a lot of, if you Google it, there'll be things that say, yes, it was commonplace that Egyptian pharaohs married there, but but it it seems really just this dynasty, where it was commonplace, Mm. and obviously the pre-mentioned King Tut.
1: Because it's, like, with the the Ptolemies, like, also the Macedonian Greeks, and they come along and they start doing this, it's like an Egyptian practice they pick up, because none of the other Greek kings do it. And the second Ptolemy, they called him Philadelphus, which in Greek means like sibling lover. <laughs> and the other Greeks saw it as something disgusting, so it's probably not something the Greeks have brought in. But they've gone on oh, this is an Egyptian practice, and picked it up. Yeah. So I'd love to know why they did that. I don't know if you're able to find well, out.
0: Yeah. So um, a couple of the things I read, well, a lot of the things I read was because they believed um, Osiris. Mm-hmm. I think it was married his sister to I keep see. his like godly blood blood pure, okay. and they ah. saw and they, they saw that as the reason. So it keeps the royal godly blood as as pure by that way by keeping it in the family, and that's the reason given that I could find for it, or that they just thought it was really sexy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you know how, like, the Habsburgs all end up with, like, the weird jawlines and messed-up faces? Oh, yeah. Do you, is, <laughs> do you see this as well with, like, the Ptolemies?
0: Yeah, you definitely do, yeah. So <laughs> there's some... A little bit of writing I did find on that. Um, they were described, the Ptolemies, the whole d- dynasty, as extremely obese. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they just ate a lot of food but you know that's one thing and there's a lot of sculptures and coin that reveal that they've got um, prominent eyes and swollen necks so, I'd imagine it's very much like some sort of swollen neckfish monster with big the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's how I always imagined them, like a bit Jabba the Hutt esque. Yeah. You know that geezer that reveals that it's a trap on Star Wars? Yeah, it's right, a trap! Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> that's how I imagine uh, that dinosaur looking.
1: Out, you know, the famous Cleopatra's like supposed to be such a beauty and she's actually there like <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well it is like that, like any film where Cleopatra's in, like she's always stunning, ain't she? But she's yeah. from a family of fat googly eye people. So <laughs> there's obviously something's lost there. But yeah, a lot of just inbreeding. Good, just good
1: marketing, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, a lot of good marketing.
1: <laughs> so um, so anyway, to get back to where we started from. where we had went well, back when we had a point. Um, oh, yeah. so yeah the new kingdom is when like all of the famous pharaohs minus that Cleopatra come from so we're talking about Tutankhamun as you've mentioned we're talking about uh, Ramses the Great uh, Ramses II, the Second III the Third and uh, Hatshepsut and I just want to mention Ramses because he became like the one that all other pharaohs kind of measured themselves against right um, why? why? Because uh, he was kind of pretty successful in pretty much everything he did. Okay. For starters, the guy lived to be ninety, which that's in... impressive
0: back then as well.
1: Yeah, right? and he was pharaoh for like sixty-six years of that. What also, dynasty was he from? Uh, good question.
0: What what time period was this? We're talking he, he's about not one
1: of the incest babies, is it? We're talking about 1300 BC now the 18th dynasty you were mentioning we're going to come back to that was 14, 15th century so it's a bit later than that. okay um also on the topic of incest man had a hundred kids oh what a hero yeah just rocking him out top jerk uh, we'll come back to ramses in a bit when we talk about the hittites because he's relevant there uh, but what well, the first one I want to talk about is uh, Hatshepsut. uh this is a really interesting fairy, because it's she is a woman, who was a pharaoh. Uh, she ruled as a man rather than as a queen, uh, as the queen of Egypt. She was like, no, I am the pharaoh, and she wore like a fake beard. She was okay. really dressed in armour and stuff, and she ruled Egypt in her own right for twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. and her reign was pretty successful. Like she, so she's ruling in like the fifteenth century, I think, maybe sixteenth. At the start of Egypt, kind of recovering from this, like, dark age period. And one of the things she does is she kind of re-establishes the trade. She gets that trade network that we were talking about before going again. Um, She sends out trade expeditions all over the places. Famously, they went to a place called Punt, which maybe is Sudan, Eritrea. Maybe as far south as, like, Somalia or Ethiopia. Um, And they brought stuff back. And she kind of gets that international trade system functioning again.
0: When you say again, what what, what happened? This is after that like Middle Period collapse, are we talking? Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: So after the Hyksos had conquered everything and everything had broken up, and there was that Dark Age before our period. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've actually identified her mummy, so we have her body. Um. We know that at the time she died, that she had po uh, bo- excuse me bone cancer. And a possible cause for this is that she had a skin like skin condition, and she may have been using like a lotion made out of like uh, something carcinogenic. So she literally like, just cigarettes. rubbing... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was some sort of like petroleum derivative or something like bizarre. Oh like... gas! So she was just like, rubbing cancer lotion all over <laughs> herself. Um, oh bless. But another part. So another kind of. Possible candidates, but it was possibly like a foul play. Because say she ruled for 20 years in her own right. So she was married to the II, who died and she took over. She had an infant son, Tukmos III, and she was his nominated regent. But she made herself pharaoh in her own right, and she kind of kept him in a regency for a long time. So there is a case that maybe her son was involved in her death, because... After she died, like, all of the records and sculptures of her started being, you know, her name removed, the deeds being carved off, and someone else's name being attached.
0: okay. Wasn't um, that quite normal, though? Didn't they write over their, each other's history? Wasn't that quite normal for this time period?
1: It, it happened, but it tends to be where, like, we have something that we don't want to talk about, and we scratch the names off we everyone remembers this event happened we change who was involved and stuff we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute okay um the third he's like the great conqueror king of egypt and he goes off on big campaigns uh as far north as the euphrates river in syria as far south as nubia which is like sudan um, that's that's a distance Sudan. yeah so um, big big campaigning distances
0: ok that's pretty impressive to be fair marching all that way across the desert as well conquering stuff mm-hmm.
1: but the, what I want to look at now is there's another famous pharaoh named Akhenaten and I want to talk about this guy because he's weird as fuck so Akhenaten pops up a little bit after that time period like uh, 14th century BC and his... Hang on, isn't that the father of yes, Tutankhamun? Oh, yes, yeah, is. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: So he kind of pops up and he has this new religion that he's come up with. And instead of, like, you know, the whole, like, menagerie of animal headed gods of the Egyptians, he's like, no, 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 there's one god, the sun god, Aten. I worship Aten, everyone else worships me. So it's, like, replaces the whole religion. <clears throat> he, uh,. Fox off out of the capital, sets up this new capital, Akataten now called Amana, which I remember is where all that diplomatic correspondence came from Yeah. and yeah, so he sets up this whole new religion and like political centre based around him and his god Atan possibly he wasn't as much of a crazy person as it sounds it might have been a way of disempowering the priesthood like you an Egyptian sense, priest, yeah. but very powerful, and like okay, level it, new gods, new religion, new capital. I'm in charge. And he is definitely one of these people that after he died, there was a conscious effort to destroy his memory.
0: Yeah, but he was also fucking his sister. So
1: also, I don't know his queen was Nefertiti. I don't know if that was his sister or not. But yeah, so that yeah, yeah, we were yeah, talking
0: yeah, about it, weren't we? So his son, yeah. the next guy to take over 100% was um, so Nefertiti which means oh, I, f- I found this early one it's like it's really cool what a name means. it's like the, 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 the beautiful one has arrived or something like that okay, oh, it's cool. going to bug me now I swear I wrote that down somewhere uh, no I've lost it but yeah so she couldn't offer him a child couldn't offer him a child uh, that sounds like oh, that? yeah it sounds like messed story. up couldn't offer me mean? a child <laughs> <laughs> no, but she couldn't have a, she didn't have a kid so I don't know what something was happening there so then he had a kid with his sister Ah, okay. But that was only realised recently when they realised that Tutankhamun was the product of an insane love. So, yeah, there we go. Little snippet for you. Okay. Makes him even weirder, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, husband. You go and bang your sister. I'm all messed up and I can't have (laughs) Jesus,
0: man. Ah, that's sick, world, man.
1: Anyway, so his son. Was originally born Tutankhaten, so that name of that god Aten in there, and he uh-huh. once he became pharaoh changed it to Tutankhamen, like Amen being a traditional Egyptian god. Okay. So he changes the name as kind of a rejection of his father's religion. Now, kind of related to this, like Tutankhamen obviously is famous. You know, he died as like eighteen year old something like that, but the reason he's famous is because of his tomb, right? All this fantastic treasure and wealth that was found. And it's always been a bit of a head scratcher, like, why does this relatively insignificant king have such a wealthy tomb? Is it the case that the other tombs were even more spectacularly wealthy and this is just like a poor poor representation compared to what existed that has been stolen? Is it they just he died suddenly so they just stuck him in a tomb that was available and put random shit in? But then another explanation for why his tomb is so wealthy. If we go with the idea that two that Akat, Akataten got rid of the old religion to disempower the priests, and then Tutankhamun brings it back, maybe the priests really appreciated him. Yeah, and rewarded him because he did yes. that. Yes.
0: Because I, I think they're firm believers of taking stuff to the afterlife, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. That's the whole so, point of
1: all of these grave goods. Yeah, take if, he
0: brought, if he brought them back they probably would have been like, well, he deserves to have a lot of stuff to go with him like.
1: Yes, and I think that one's quite convincing, the idea, okay, he died young and there's all sorts of messed up Google eyed fish person. <laughs> but he brought back the old ways, the priests love it, and they fill his tomb with stuff. Okay. But it's all a bit sketchy, and the reason it's a bit sketchy to understand what's happened is a couple of pharaohs later, you have a guy named Horemheb, and basically he looked back at this dynasty of like the weird gods or the sister fucking, the weird, you know, fish eyed boy, and he's just like, okay, fuck this, we're going to pretend this never happened. And he scratched off all all of the monuments he could get his hand on. And, and Hebs like, okay, we're done with that whole weird shit with Artan. we're back to normal.
0: <laughs> back to the normal work. You can't <laughs> blind can you? That's how I deal with my problems. Just <laughs> scrub my work."
1: <laughs> now, we'll also talk about another society. So this one's about the Hittites, and they're the neighbours of the Egyptians. Um, They're interesting, because their name was known long before we knew anything about them. Because the name is preserved in the Bible, but there was no context and nothing else about it. But in the Old Testament of the Hebrew Bible, it talks about such and such the Hittite. Oh, okay. Um. So we knew the name, but we knew nothing else. Nothing else about the site was known at all until the 19th century.
0: Why? Well, what was the turning point? Did they stroll on the cap? No, this is the place where they haven't found the capital, is it? Or that was Mitanni. Ah, okay, yeah. The
1: Hittites—they did find the capital eventually, but basically, like. Because at the end of our period, they disappear and nothing replaces them. The entire culture just vanishes, more or less. So there's no one else drawing on the legacy. No one's passing down the kind of stories. And until like tablets are found and translated in the 19th century, it's just gone.
0: See, you know what? This is a this is a perfect example why I believe Atlantis is a real place. <laughs> Look, if, if if a whole culture can just like was only found like 100 years ago, what else haven't we found? It must have been aliens, bruv. The only explanation—it <laughs> must have been aliens. That's all I'm saying on the matter. But you I know what decide. I'm saying? We obviously, we, you and me, completely disagree on this topic because I like wacky history. Like, I absolutely love it. I lap that sh- shit up. But I'm not a firm believer in any of that stuff. Like, that was a joke about, uh, you know, underwater civilizations. That, but do you not think if? only 100 years ago we found something I think what else could we could be digging yeah for off.
1: sure there's definitely stuff out there that we haven't seen and known I think the like f-
0: Atlantis <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the difference though is the Hittites fit into the world that we kind of now yeah the stand. narrative yeah. yeah like discovering Atlantis would be like oh and then there were flying space cars 10,000 years ago <laughs> um, but in would the be. next episode we're going to talk about the Trojan War and I think I want to talk about Atlantis there like, I want to talk about how myth preserves history.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so we
1: can park that one, because I do want to come back to that.
0: Oh, I'll shut my mouth then. Sorry. Yeah? <laughs> Fucking coming on here. <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, so the Hittites were rediscovered in the 19th century, and basically, like, an an entire civilization rediscovered. Because, so, like, literally the Bible is just a reference to some people. Um, the Hittites, again, were one of our great powers of the time, and they are very well sourced. We have their capital, it's called Hatusha, it's in the central part of modern Turkey. Um, and interestingly, the Hittites were into history writing. So we have lots of records about the reigns. Okay. Only problem is, they're very focused on kings and wars. And their not history. Out. Yeah, their yep. history
0: basically, the history that makes them look cool, in it?
1: Yeah, and the other problem is, I think I mentioned before, all of their kings have the same name. So it's really hard to work out who they're talking about. So yes. Okay. you have these detailed records but you need to find something that is referenced in an Egyptian record to get a date hmm. Um. also interesting is they have like you know we talked before about like, a for- a formal treaties between the great powers and the Hittites when they make a treaty basically they write down a history of the relations between these two countries so they'd be like oh we were friends and then we had a falling out and then we fought a war and now things are perfect in all of their treaties they give like a little recap yeah like a, break. of how things yeah, like a breakdown going. that's cool there's... that is
0: for us obviously that's brilliant isn't it yeah
1: although we have to be a little bit careful because first of all the ones that survive from our period of oh, the first half of our period are later copies not the original documents oh. second is there's a lot of bias towards the ruling king at the time of signing
0: yeah of course there is yeah so
1: yeah. so you know you negotiated a trade deal with like you know king google-eyed freak of Egypt. You're not going to be like, yeah, things were fine and we increased the trade of fish. It's going to be like, oh yeah, things were terrible, there was war and disaster, and I, Great King, whoever, solved everything. Yeah, yeah. So you can't take it at face value. Um, And yeah, it's also like everyone is called Tutalia or Hattusili, and it's very complex.
0: That's the, the first Geyser. Uh, I, I, I did a little bit of looking about, so I, I was half-clued up about this. That's a really cool name, is it? Like, he's named himself Hattu Shili after the, the Hittites. I think that's like yeah. a, a bit of a boss move, is it? Like, like <laughs> me, just being like, right, this land's called Fosland now. <laughs> Basically, isn't it? You know, just... I'm taking this name. It's more land.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah, they... So a lot of the naming seems to come from people that lived there before... Oh, it's complex. Mm. Um, their language is, unlike all of the other ones who are speaking... Apart from the Egyptians. The other like powers speak speaking Semitic languages or like the Egyptian language. They speak an Indo European language, so it's related distantly to English. In the past, people were very fixated on the idea that they had come from somewhere else and brought chariots and iron working with them.
0: Yeah, I think I saw a little bit about that, about them coming from was it like India or somewhere like that?
1: Yeah, I mean this is also the case of the Matanias a bit what we talked about. Ah uh, yeah, no, sorry, I think I'm getting a little it's, bit. Confused. But it's similar similar thing. The Hittites got even more focused on this in the early earlier part of the study of them. Um Mark Vandermeyr, who's one of our two main sources for the series, very strongly against the idea because he says like the sources continu- continually show the same names and stuff going way, way back. So these people have probably always been here. Hmm. But if you think, like, 19th, early 20th century history, it tends to be along the lines of, well, these brown people couldn't have built all of this. It must have been white Europeans coming here.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I bet there was a lot of that as well. Yes.
1: So people were really interested in finding a reason for the European Hittites to have come and brought technology. <laughs>
0: yeah, to the savages of yeah, techie. Yeah, no, I completely want get that.
1: So, I mean, like, this is a thing, I think, like, for... Like, pop culture study of, like, you know, really ancient history, you get into some wacky racial stuff. Not saying that everyone studying the field is a wacky racist, but what filters down, people tend to interpret it, like, you know, about 50 years behind where the state of academia is. Yeah. And you get into some wacky ethnic beliefs.
0: Well, I suppose there's going to be a lot of that, though, isn't there? Obviously, cool. you've got I You've got people from that region who take pride in their own culture. So you're going to have that. And obviously, when a lot of this was first kicking off, it was like British Empire sort of time. Yeah, exactly. That's why our museums are so wicked, because we just stole everything (laughs) from everyone else. That's why (laughs) all our museums are boss. Like, If if you're not from the UK and you ever come to England, I highly recommend go to any of the big museums in London. They're fantastic, but obviously they are only fantastic because we stole everything from everyone else, so...
1: Yeah, so to go with that plug for museums to all of our listeners, listeners you know, outside Europe. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it back anytime soon. <laughs> sorry about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole other political discussion oh, yeah. that we should definitely stay well away from.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so to get into like the Hittites, then in our period rather than these kind of mythological origins, centre of power is in central Anatolia, as I said, so central modern Turkey. Um, they'd been around before. They existed before that Dark Age at the start of our period. uh, And they actually kind of are one of the kicking off points of the Dark Age that came across the Middle East before. They sacked the city of Babylon in 1595. And that's kind of where all of, like, Old Kingdom Egypt era went to shit. New Kingdom emerges around 1500. Um... They are very interested in getting into Syria and in Central Syria. It's kind of unclear how far they reached, unlike the Aegean coast to the west of Anatolia or the Black Sea on the north. Unclear how much direct control they had in those directions, but definitely the state was clearly focused on Syria. Why? Um, larger cities and stuff, and the kind of the well focus like northern northern Anatolia definitely thinks a bit of a wilderness the western part hard to control through the mountains and valleys of Anatolia. Oh, okay that makes sense down yeah. the mediterranean coast that's where the well, mediterranean
0: is. coast is like it's yep. gold mine basically isn't yeah, it yeah. you know because you've got all that trade but once you've got a boat that can sail around the mediterranean that essentially opens up trade from spain all the way to modern day syria doesn't it yep. so that's obviously massive amount of that's how much easier is it if you've got a boat that doesn't sink to sail it all that distance and walking across the desert all that distance? It's, uh, it's no brainer, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and so we talked about before, like that vortex of trade. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they were. They're two big rivals then. So if you think. Remember last, week, uh, last time we talked about Mitanni, who were at the top of Syria, top of Iraq. Um, and also Egypt, who reached up into like Jordan, Israel, Palestine. So they're kind of competing over the same. Area, this kind of triangle of like the eastern side of Mediterranean. We know that Egypt was interfering with their neighbours and trying to have this kind of containment going on. We know that they were talking to countries in the western part of Anatolia. There's a kingdom called Azawa. Um, We know that the Egyptians were talking to Azawa, which is also where we get the word Asia from.
0: So, again, we get the word Asia from Azawa
1: well, yeah, this kingdom in western Turkey. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's a nice little fact, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, It seems the the Hittites eventually conquered Azawar, but I think it was very rebellious and very hard for them to maintain control of. And with Egypt, they had this head-to-head clash within Syria. So back when we talked about war, we talked about the Battle of Kadesh, remember, where there's this like elaborate plan... ...where the Hittites sent out two scouts deliberately to be captured by... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And honestly, I was thinking about that, because I mean, like... You, you're the Hittite king, right? You need these two guys... They have to believe the, what you're telling them is real. They have to believe the fake plan, because everyone breaks under torture, right? Mm. And they have to believe that they're genuinely on a scouting mission... ...and you have to know that they're going to get captured... So you need people that are really gullible and really fucking incompetent.
0: And there's a lot of cloak and dagger to keep that secret secret yeah. as well, isn't there?
1: It's <laughs> just like, oh, we just need a, uh, we need to do exactly the exactly right man. Yeah, I've got private doofy. <laughs> okay, I believe that. <laughs> Off he goes to get captured.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty savage when you think about it, isn't it? Just sending someone out to get captured. Um.
1: So, yes, they had the big battle with Egypt at Kadesh. Both sides claim victory, but the archaeological evidence suggests the Hittites win and they expand south into uh, Syria and Lebanon. The Egyptians and the Hittites, so they're kind of bitter rivals, they eventually make a peace, make peace, uh, probably because Assyria is becoming more powerful and they want to counter that. Anyway, context for the story we're getting into Hittites and Egyptians, bitter rivals, right? Anyway, we go back to Tutankhamun. So he kills over about the age of 18, right, as king of Egypt. And his widow, a young woman named Ankasanamun, sends communication to the Hittites, asking to marry a Hittite priest. Uh, prince, sorry, Hittite prince. Now, the Hittite king, Sopil, Sopil, Sopil,
0: Sopiluliuma, I've got
1: Thank you. Did I'll not pre- I'll believe I that up to be honest. Yeah, I realised <laughs> at the end of it like you're that up. The Hittite King who should remain nameless <laughs> didn't believe it, because he knew the Egyptians never sent princesses out to marry. And he's like, oh Bollocks, dude. is this true? She write she sent an em... um he sent an emissary after he got another letter and he's like, No, yeah, the Egyptian princess wants to marry a Hittite prince. Hittite king's like, Okay, this is a fantastic opportunity. No one gets to marry Egyptian princesses. Sends off his son, named uh, Zananza, and the son is promptly murdered as soon as he arrives.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Most likely candidate is like this guy named I, who's the vizier, which is a bit like Prime Minister. Okay. Much older guy. Um, we oh, think so this it's... whole
0: thing wasn't a ploy by her then? No. Oh, okay. she, so someone it. she was She was
1: desperate and she was writing these desperate letters to try and get. Uh, oh, the Hittite that. prince, who arrives and is then promptly got. I then forces Anka to marry him, even though he's like, I wouldn't to be a grandfather. Huh. Uh, Hittite king is like, well, fuck this bullshit, and <coughs> declares war and invades. Kicks the shit out of the Egyptians, takes back a bunch of Egyptian prisoners. Prisoners have plague, which kills the king and spreads in his kingdom.
0: And kills these grandson or son was it as well I've read a little bit about this as well yeah
1: and it completely his, his destabilized got, is it his, his
0: son that's got a really cool name or his grandson There's one of them that's got a really really cool name um, oh, forget about it I'll, fig- I'll, I'll I'll find it in a second
1: <laughs> so yeah so the Hittite realm gets kind of internally weakened as a consequence of this bizarre skullduggery plot um and all of this focus on Syria it comes at a cost to the Hittites they're not focusing on anything else except Syria they're not paying attention to So there's constant uh, rebellions in the west there's raids from the north Uh, the capital city Hattusia itself is sacked and burned repeatedly
0: oh lovely
1: yeah Um, and at the end of the period we see that they actually go out for the first recorded naval battle and invade Cyprus but it looks like they fail to maintain control
0: Oh, okay yeah we talked about uh, Cyprus Cypress man for a long time Early run, yep. his name was musler musley fantastic. <laughs> well, it, it's sort of like musley it's like muly but it, it sounds it looks and sounds like musler he sounds I it was delicious. hilarious that's why I remembered it because <laughs> he sounded
1: like musler so to say a bit more about like what the Hittites were like so they again are more close something closer to like a feudal medieval kingdom than like a centralized egyptian empire okay they had the a policy that the you know, the eldest son inherits the the throne but the other sons would then be made kings of cities or rulers of cities sort, of, nice. Duke
0: sort of thing then yeah
1: kind of essentially yeah problem with doing that of course is you're building competing power centers like, yeah. if you have the, a king who comes along and he's relatively weak, and his brothers have all got their own power bases, you're asking for trouble. Him. Yeah. And from the 13th century onwards, power struggles and civil wars for the Hittites were going to be a serious problem. Uh. Um, we know that they had constant like contact and fighting in Western Anatolia, trying to control the cities there which may well have involved the Mycenaean Greeks and this might be the very first seeds of the Trojan War story
0: oh okay. I see what you've done there alright is that phasing quite nicely bruv I like that
1: um so this will go back to like the 15th century BC and we know there was a major major revolt so back at the beginning of our time period and uh Eric Klein. He emphasises that these rebellions could be the candidates for the uh, the fighting and adventures that I mentioned before the Trojan Wars. So in the in in the Iliad, you have like you know, obviously all the heroes go to rescue Helen. Hang what's the Iliad? It's the original poem that the story of Troy comes. From. Oh, okay. Sound. Um. So like, obviously, like you know, all the heroes go to rescue Helen and all that shit. But there's kind of a thing of before that the heroes were going off on adventures and Eric Klein suggests this might be the cultural memory of Greek mercenaries going off in the 15th century BC to go and uh, fight in the rebellions in western Anatolia. Okay. So you know stories like I don't know like Hercules goes away for 20 years and comes back with loads of gold. That sort of thing is a reflection of Greek mercenaries going off and fighting. We know they were Greek, or we suspect they were Greek mercenaries, because we find Greek weapons at Hatusa. Okay. Uh, So that sort of evidence is well, it's
0: not because they could have just brought them, but there's reasons it could have been
1: there. Um, But um, that makes sense, though. To be fair, yeah, it's pretty strong.
0: Obviously, we know at this point there's like standardized armies and training centers for armies, so you'd expect them all to have the same gear. Not a bunch of different gear as well on top of it, so the fact that there's a bunch of different weapons being found, that's sort of evidence to say "Uh, well, maybe there was somebody else here at this point
1: yeah, and specifically finding it in the Hittite capital, it's suggestive Mm. Um, Is also like the Iliad is interesting, because it's written down in like 8th century BC Greece, so like hundreds of years after the yeah, it's a long time, man. Yeah, after the event.
0: So that's like a story that's been probably handed down verbally, mm. hasn't it? Yes. So things change.
1: Yeah, so it's been passed down for at least 500 years before it's written down. Okay. Okay. So that entire um,
0: story's probably bullshit then. There's probably a lot of things that
1: happened. There's a now. lot of bullshit in there, and I think like a lot of the narrative is bullshit. Mm. But... Within the context of when it's like of, you, of when it's set, there's lots of stuff which is accurate depictions of weapons and armor and so on. Yeah. But interestingly, there are details which are even older than like the classic setting of the siege of Troy. So there's things like uh, one of the heroes Ajax has this big tall tower shield, that would have been outdated at the time that Troy is believed to have been destroyed this it might be one of these echoes from even earlier fighting, going and joining these rebellions. Okay. There's also references to swords studded with silver. There's a story of Hercules going and sacking Troy by himself with six ships years earlier. <laughs> so it's th- this kind of memory of going off and being part of these fights and rebellions and, and conflicts. Um, anyway, so... For the Hittites then they kind of their security situation starts to deteriorate. They have this constant pressure in the West from these cities they can sort of barely control. They have this confrontation with Egypt and from the 13th century onward they have Assyria rising as a power in northern Iraq eastern Syria.
0: they're the pot smokers, aren't they?
1: They are the ones, yeah. the ones to give us our word cannabis yeah. yeah yeah um and the Assyrians become very like aggressive military conquerors.
0: It's mad, because the last thing you want to do when you're hot is military conquer anything.
1: That's anything. you need to chill out after you're <laughs> <run> done?
0: <away. laughs> you just want to chill out in and, and sit in your pants.
1: It's been a hard day slaughtering them. <laughs> I just need to chill. <laughs> and ultimately, Hattusha itself, the capital of the Hittites, this is big fortified citadel up on a rock, ultimately sacked, completely destroyed. There's no more records of the Hittites after that. Egyptian sources describe the Hittite lands as being devastated a few cities do survive particularly there's one called Charchamish in like northern Syria where the rulers are like some of these younger sons descended from a king and they after the end of the Hittites will still be like no no no, we're the legitimate Hittites we're the great kings you must call us brother and father and all that sort of thing but it's not really the same thing there's never a proper Hittite state reappears
0: um, I feel like it's a shit end to a story that is like all this like the whole downfall of this period I'm like it just ended in such a rubbish way like, how <laughs> everyone just died and that was the end basically it's just rubbish is it like really it's a rubbish story when you think about it like you've got these great <laughs> ma- like magnificent like magical religious empires and it just all ends in shit basically and I feel like I'm just disappointed basically with a <laughs> lot of them like if I could sit them all down and tell them, I would. Like I'm really disappointed in <laughs> you, like.
1: Oi, hit sort yourselves <laughs> out.
0: It is a shame, though, isn't it? It's like imagine like the, like the parallel history path. If that if if that never happened, like.
1: Yeah, but it's it, a lot of you know butterfly flaps.
0: Oh about. yeah, yeah, of course it is. Like, but imagine where like civilization could have been. If that carried on, like, you know, oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's something
1: we'll come to more when we get to the end of the series and we talk about how this all comes to an end. But, I mean, I think both of my sources kind of say, like, although you have all these cool monuments and shit, we have to remember, like, life for people fucking sucked because of oh, that debt yeah. trap. Yeah. And I've, I can't remember whether it was Klein or Matt van der Marguerite, but they explicitly say, like, for the average person, life probably got better when these, these like, oppressive empires were taken away.
0: Yeah, that would make complete sense, to be honest. And... What was talking about the incest marriages? The regular people, the sorry people, weren't allowed to do that. So <laughs> it was only the Egyptian pharaohs that could do it.
1: Oh, that would make you angry. Like, oh, why he get to on
0: sister? <laughs> that would make me really angry. How come you get to fuck your sister, but I can't? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my sister. You if fuck your sister, and they
1: and they, <laughs> they call you Pharaoh, but they call me Boris the sister. fucker <laughs>
0: right Egyptian name that is
1: <laughs> I couldn't think of an Egyptian name <laughs> yeah
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know why Boris was the first thing that came to my head but. <laughs> um, so yes yeah, so that's kind of how it ends up for the Hittites um, so yeah that's kind of where I wanted to end with our content for today next week I think we'll look more at the Mycenaean Greeks and we'll talk more again about the uh, the Iliad and the Trojan yeah. War um, so yeah how do you feel about that
0: one yeah yeah so I to be honest uh, it's a bit of a sad tower, really isn't it
1: mm.
0: poor here but <laughs> there we go
1: yeah you know one day you're an empire next thing you're being used as justification by a 19th century racist
0: <laughs> it's like power <laughs> <laughs> right then bruv let's wrap it up thank All you for right, listening cool. everyone
1: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check us out on the social media or at Twitter at Makes a History. Um, If you liked the show, if you enjoy what we do, please subscribe, uh, share with your friends and the people you like. If you really like us and you want to help us out, please leave us a review. That helps us in reasons to do with algorithms. Um, Yeah.
0: Happy days. Thank you, everyone. See you later. See you in a bit. Bye-bye.